Hey, it's good to see you in God's house today. Thanks for coming. Yeah, with uh, with all the scare that is going across our nation, and uh, you know, I'm, I am in no way will I ever make light of uh, this horrific virus that has gone global. Uh, I thank you for being here today, and uh, uh, you know, in, in some sense, there is no safe place, but I think this is about the safest place we can be, right here in God's house doing what God has called us to do. Uh, the President of the United States has declared this day, March the 15th, 2020, as a national day of prayer, and that's what we're going to do the very first thing this morning. We're going to pray and ask God to... Uh, do what only God can do. Uh, this, this is a worldwide crisis, but you know what? We have a global God, and, um, and I don't want you to live in fear. Our, our, the, the, the media has created a frenzy of fear, and there are people living in fear, but it is our God who has said, fear not. D don't be fearful. And so let's, let's stop the panic. Let's use the good brain that God has given us. Let's do the right things and let's remain as healthy and as safe as we could be. But let's understand that God's got this, all right? And my prayer is that even through this very tragic event worldwide, that somehow hearts would turn to God and that people would be saved and that there would be a great revival that spreads across our land because of this tragic event. So would you join me right now as we pray for our world, our country, our city, and our church? Heavenly Father, I love you. I thank you for your grace. Thank you for these dedicated, wonderful, godly people who have made it out today to publicly worship you. And I pray, dear Lord, that you would be in this place. I pray that we would sense and feel the presence of the Holy Spirit I pray that you would lead us and guide us in everything that we say and everything that we do. Uh, Lord, bless this day. Help it to be a historic day for Kavanaugh Church. But dear Lord, we pray for our world today. Uh, we pray for those many who are suffering, those who are sick. I, I pray, dear Lord, not only for those worldwide, but those right here in our own country and, and even in our own state with 16 confirmed cases. I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with them and bring healing to their body. I, I pray, dear Lord, that in the powerful name of Jesus, the coronavirus would be stopped. And I pray, dear Lord, that even through this tragedy, hearts would turn to you. I pray more than anything that across our land today, uh, people's heads would turn heavenward, that people's hearts would turn to you, that, that we would see you as who you are, dear Lord, our great God and our dear Savior. So again, bless our, our world, bless our country, bless our city, bless our state, and dear Lord, bless this church as we worship you in spirit and in truth. We ask all of this in Jesus' name, and all the people said... Amen. Let me tell you, okay, today's a great day for Kavanaugh Church, all right? I want you to know that. We, we've already had uh, one service at 9 o'clock, and, and it was tremendous. The, the, the response we had from those 9 o'clock people just erupted with voices of praise and, and with claps of applaud, and I think you can do the same, if not better, than the 9 o'clock people, all right? So let's get our, our praise hands going today. Because we have a lot to praise the Lord about. And, and we're going to kick all of this off uh, with a little video that we've made. I, I hope you enjoy this. It states what has happened and what is about to happen at Kavanaugh Church.
I was a kid growing up, one of the songs we used to sing in church was Trust and Obey, where there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Now, after 40 years in the ministry, I, I think that that song gives us the two ingredients for a successful Christian life. You trust God and you obey God. You, you trust Him with everything, with your life, your family, your finances, your future. And then you obey Him, no matter what He tells you to do, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how impossible it sounds, you simply trust and obey. I've learned that lesson through Scripture, through my own personal experience, but then also through the lives of the people of Kavanaugh Church. Uh, they have trusted God and obeyed God, no matter what He has told them to do. Over the years, we have relocated and we've built six different buildings. And every time God said build, our people did what God told them to do. It all began in November of 1962. A small group of people decided there needed to be a Free Will Baptist Church on the south side of Fort Smith. So in Brother Shipley's home, in the Kavanaugh community, they started meeting. In March of 1963, they organized into the Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. There were 32 charter members of that original congregation. A few months later, they bought a plot of land on Holly Street next to Kavanaugh Road, and they built our first building. God told them to do it, and they simply obeyed. A few years later, they added on to that building with an educational building. Then in 1975, they bought the four acres here at 28th and Grinnell. The following year, 1976, they broke ground, trusting God and obeying, and built our first building, which is now our Family Life Center. In 2011, the church voted to do two things. We were gonna buy all the property east of us that connected to our church property and build a new worship center and added parking lot. On March the 15th, we're gonna do that. We're gonna break ground and we're going to begin a capital stewardship campaign called It's Our Turn. You see the people in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90 stepped out in faith and did what God told them to do. Church, it's our turn to trust God and obey Him. Uh, we're gonna build a 24,000 square foot auditorium. It's gonna be awesome, seat about 1,100 people. It's going to be a massive entryway of 4,500 square feet, huge bathrooms, uh, which are well needed. And it's going to have a secure We Worship area that goes right into where we have Children's Church. A lot of people may say, hey, it's, it's impossible. No, no, if you make God your partner, you need to make your plans big. And so this is a big plan, but we can do it. Kavanaugh Church, I'm going to be asking you during a four-week campaign period to pray and, and seek God's face and ask God what you need to be doing and giving so that we can see it's our turn come to fulfillment. Our key passage is Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. The uh, children of Israel were about to go into the promised land. They sent 12 spies to investigate and see if the land really was as good as what God promised. They were there for 40 days, came back with, with glowing reports. Yes, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, but 10 of the 12 said, we can't take it. 
There are giants in the land. They look like giants and to them we look like little grasshoppers. They will annihilate us if we go into the land. Two of the spies had a different story. They said, yeah, there are giants, but you know what? God has given us the land and we can take the land. That was Joshua and Caleb. And in verse 30, Caleb said, let us go up and possess the land for we can certainly do it. Kavanaugh Church, we can do it because it's our turn. It's my favorite part of that whole video, my pose right there. Like I won the Heisman Trophy or something, yeah? Hey, we're, we're going to pick up with that key verse, Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. I'm, I'm preaching a series of sermons during this campaign simply entitled All In, in which we are looking at some Old Testament characters who literally were all in when it came to the mission of God. And today we got two such guys, Joshua and Caleb, specifically Caleb, who spoke our key verse for today. It's the key verse for It's Our Turn campaign. Here's what Caleb said. We should go up and take possession of the land. Read this part with me. For we can certainly do it. And so the title of this morning's short, brief message is, We Can Do It. We can do it. Even in the face of opposition, in the, in the face of, of giants, even in the face of disease, I'm here to tell you, we can do it. Because God has told us. To do it. God desires every authentic church to seize its place in history and become great in the kingdom of God. That's what God has called us to do, to be a great church. Now, for some of you, that doesn't compute because you, you don't think of churches and godly things on, a, on kind of a great grand scale. We, we, we have the idea that we're supposed to be meek, meek and hung, humble and little. And, and no, God wants us to be great. Amen. That is when we understand what God's definition of greatness is. Jesus gave us the definition of greatness. Jesus said, the greatest among you shall be servant of all. That kind of turns things around, doesn't it? He's saying if you really want to be great in the kingdom of God, you need to become a servant. So when a church reaches greatness, it means this, that that church maximizes its opportunity to serve within its context. Hmm. Gets me to wondering about my church, Kavanaugh Church. And, and, and through our history, I've, I've, I've often wondered, why, why is it that God has sustained this church? Why is it that this church has remained a great church for 58 years? When there are, on average, 10 churches every single day in the United States shutting down and closing their doors, why, after 58 years, has God left this church open and this church growing and this church as good as, if not better, than it's ever been? How in the world after 58 years? You know, I'm, I'm 58. And, and, and I realize, you know, when you get this old, start, things start falling apart. Okay? They start drooping the wrong way. It, it's harder to maintain things, you know? But you know, Kavanaugh Church has not only maintained, we've grown through the years. 
And, and what is it that makes us different than other churches? Why are we still growing? Well, it's because we understand what greatness is. Greatness is serving. And we have some of the best servers in the world. Born-again believers who, who love this church and love this community, and we love our world. And let me tell you, if the coronavirus gets as bad here in Fort Smith as it has in other places, I guarantee you Kavanaugh is going to be at the forefront doing everything we can to bring healing and the good news of Jesus Christ to a hurting world. That's what greatness is. It's maximizing your opportunities to serve. And when I decide and you decide what it means to enable our church to reach that definition of greatness, we stand at the intersection of where opportunity and choice meet. Amen. Are you with me? God gives the opportunity, but we have to make the choice to follow him. And every one of us in this room, every one of us, unless we evade it or avoid it or set it out, we're going to have to come to that point where opportunity and choice meet for Kavanaugh Church. And I pray that we make the right choice. God's Old Testament church stood at this intersection in a very dramatic and unavoidable moment. Without a question, God had brought them to that very moment. Behind them were the greatest acts of God in history. The Exodus was the high water mark of God in the Old Testament. Everything before it looked forward to it. Everything afterward looked backwards to it. The mighty acts of God. The, the ten plagues. My goodness, they saw God bring down the plagues on Egypt. It would have only taken one for me. <laughs> but Pharaoh was hard-hearted. And so the Israelites saw it ten times over. The plagues on the children of Egypt, but on the children of Israel, they were safe and protected by God. They saw the crossing of the Red Sea. You talk about a miracle. Here they were, mountains on either side, an ocean in front of them, Pharaoh's army behind them. And what did God do? He parted the waters. He held the waters back in great walls while they walked across safely. And once they got on the other side, they just turned around and watched God destroy the Egyptians. They saw that. They experienced that. They had been living under the presence of God. Every day they saw this cloud that represented God's presence. When the cloud moved, they moved. When the cloud stopped, they stopped. At night, it turned into a fireball, and they saw it all. They saw manna rise up from the desert floor, the mighty acts of God. They saw every one of them. And then, an 11-day walk from where it all happened, they were at Kadesh Barnea. And they sent 12 spies into the land. Ten of them came back and said, in spite of everything God has done for us, in spite of all the miracles we have seen, in spite of all the promises God has given, we're going to quit. We're going to stop. We're going to turn around and go back to Egypt. You see, here's the problem. They did not believe that the God who had brought them out was able to take them in. They lacked faith. 
Kavanaugh Church, here we stand, March the 15th, 2020, and we can look back behind us into both our remote and recent past, and we can see the mighty arm of God and His grace on this church. I mean, I, I, I go back, and, and again, I, I just have to wonder in bewilderment, why us? I mean, really, why us? Why has God blessed us? Why has God been so good to us? I wish I had time to share this with you in a graphic form. But a church, a church life is somewhat similar to a human's life. This has been studied. It's been documented. It's been proven time and time again. A church is born just like a person is born. A church goes through adolescence just like a church goes through adolescence. They go through the awkward teenage years. They grow into maturity. They become stable. But then, after so many years, they, they, they kind of go over the hill. And just like a human, they, they start to decline and deteriorate. And a church, just like a human being, sooner or later is going to die a death. I mean, it, you look at me like I'm crazy. That's true. It's what happens in churches. Just as people are born and they live and they die, so are churches. They're born, they live, but they come to a place where instead of reinventing themselves and reinvigorating themselves and finding new life, they make a choice to step back. And when God says, take a step of faith and take a risk and do things you've never done before, they say, no, it can't be done, and they back away. And when that happens... That church begins to die a long, slow, painful death. So, so why is it that at 58 years old, we are as strong and as vibrant and in better shape than we've ever been in before? It's because we have people of faith. It's because we have people, we've historically had a church full of people. At least there have been a group of people who have said, you know what? We can certainly do it. Now, in the first service when I said that, everybody erupted with applause and amens. <laughs> you're, you're, you're questioning it. I'm here to tell you that's a fact. We've had people who said, we can do it. We, we've had a group of people who have said, it's our turn to step out in faith and do something great. Now, most of you have been in here have heard me tell the Kavanaugh story time and time again. Uh, I never get tired of it. I hope you don't. I, I gave you a brief analysis of Kavanaugh's history in that video. Uh, l- let me just talk a little bit more about that. Can I, can I do that? Do you all care? I don't care if you do or not. I'm going to because I've got some cool pictures for you, all right? It did all begin in November of 1962. I've, I've, I've never, I never did meet H.D. Shipley. I wish I wished I could have just sat down and talked to our founding pastor. I'm telling you, this guy was a guy of vision. He, he was a guy of faith. He, he was a guy who had guts, man. W- without a, a mission board backing him, without a denomination paying his salary, this bivocational pastor decided, God put it on his heart literally, to start a new Free Will Baptist church on the south side of Fort Smith. And so he just, he, he said, we can do it. And he stepped across that faith line. And he did it. In meeting in his home, there was a small group of people that started worshiping God. There's old Brother Shipley right there. Man, that's a small group of people, isn't it? 
I mean, most of them are kids right there, but there he is with the open word of God, man, preaching the word of God and, and believing God. The very next picture, I love this next one. There's a sign up there. You can't see it. I guess it's over somebody's doorway into their home, but it says Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Mission because that's what we were. We were a mission before we were an organized church. That was November 1962. A few months later, in March of 1963, we organized into the Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. I got two little pieces of paper here that I inherited when I came here at Kavanaugh Church. At the bottom, there's the number 32. That's 32 names that were on the charter membership. There's H.D. Shipley towards the bottom. You know, Dad, you know what H.D.'s wife's name was? Geraldine. This is my mama's real name. You call her Jerry, but her real name is Geraldine. Love that. Here on the front page of that, notice what it says up there. Hold charter open till March 15, 1963. Whoa, what's today? March 15th. March 15th. You, see, we kind of been planning this. Okay, we kind of been planning it. And then this week, disaster strikes. I've had, I've had hundreds of phone calls. I've been in communication with, with people all over our denomination. Will, what are you going to do at Kavanaugh? What's, what's going to happen? Y'all going to have church at Kavanaugh? I said, dude, we, we've come too far not to have church at Kavanaugh today. Okay, we've, we've come too far to stop this. And I didn't have time in the 9 o'clock service just to open up my heart and tell the people because we, we're in a time constraint at 9 o'clock, but I can be more, more open with you guys and tell you. I've, I've been miserable this week. I mean, it's like somebody has reached down inside of, of my throat and grabbed a hold of my gut and tried to pull it out, Tim. I mean, I've been in agony. I haven't been able to sleep at night. Why? Because so much is riding on this. I mean, we've been in preparation for this day for years. We've been planning for weeks and months for this day. And then, I'm, then I got to selfishly thinking, why, why Lord, why, why does that old coronavirus have to hit right now? As we're launching It's Our Turn campaign. And you know what? Then the Lord got a hold of my heart. He did it through my daughter, Callie. But he got a hold of my heart and said, Quit being so selfish, Will. I mean, yes, this is affecting you. It, it really hasn't hit Fort Smith yet, but it, it's affecting your community. But it's affecting people across this globe. And, I, you know, it woke me up. I said, you know what? You're right, Lord. But I know you got this. I, I, I know you have this in control. Here's, here's what I'm saying to you people. Listen to me. Back on March the 15th, 1963, God knew in his providence, that we would be having March the 15th, 2020. And God knew what we would be doing today. This is all under the mighty hand of God. And if God did it in 1963, he's doing it today. And if God built the church in the midst of all the unbelief in 1963, he's going to build his church today. Our God is on the throne. 
Our God reigns. And, and, and so we praise him for that. Well, later on in 1963, they took a step of faith. I mean, here's a small church. They probably run 40, 50 people at the most. We know they were running 32. But what they do? They went to the bank and borrowed money, bought a little plot of ground on Holly Street right off of Cavanaugh Road. It's still there today. You can drive by it. And they broke ground on a new building. Uh, this is a pretty cool picture. I don't know if you can see this, this guy in the, the white short sleeve shirt right there. Do you see what he's wearing on his feet? Those are 1960s sandals. So you see Nathan when he came up here today, he's got his red flip-flops on, all right? Nathan's going to be this guy in our photo that we're going to take here in just a little bit. I love the next picture. Tell me why I love this picture. It's the one we picked for our logo right there. Isn't that cool? It's our turn. There's Brother Shipley. Some of the men of the church, they, they did break ground on Holly Street. They built that very first building, even though it's, I'm sure, seemed impossible to them. They said, we can certainly do it, and they stepped out in faith. They built the building. Next picture shows a, a picture of people inside that church building worshiping. I have no idea who any of those people are, but it sure looks like it was in the 60s, doesn't it? Yeah. I love the attire. The next picture shows that completed church and Brother Shipley standing out in front of it. What a man of faith. You know what? And, and sometimes, sometimes during my busy day, I'll just stop and I'll thank God for Brother Shipley. And for those early pioneers who, who had the faith, who stepped across the line, who said in the face of impossibility, we can certainly do it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Brother Shipley. Thank you. 1971, they needed more space, and so they stepped out in faith again, went to the bank, borrowed another $40,000, and built an educational wing on the end of that church. Uh, Brother Carl Cheshire was the pastor then. He came in 1968. Uh, one, of the, the, one of the things that changed the fabric of this church. For the first six years, Cavanaugh Church was pastored by four different men. Every year and a half, they would fire the preacher and get a new one. Typical little free will Baptist church. Brother Carl came in 1968 from Midland, Texas. We changed him in Midland. Before he became your pastor, we changed him in Midland, didn't we, Dad? I mean, made him into the man he is today. He came as the pastor. Can I, I, I got to share this with you. Y'all don't mind, do you? Six months after he came as pastor, and let me tell you, the, the vote was not unanimous. The pulpit committee nominated Brother Carl, but somebody on the floor stood up and nominated somebody else, and there was a divided vote. He only won it by a few votes. I don't know why in the world he came, other than the fact that he knew it was God's will for him to be here. And so he came, and, and, and he became the, the pastor of, of Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church. Within six months, half of the church walked out the doors, mad, and they quit. You know what? It was over. According to Bob Butler and Carl Cheshire, they both told me it was over the way Brother Carl changed the format of the bulletin. He changed the way the bulletin was printed, and it made some, some good church-going people mad. We had trained him right in West Texas, though, because Brother Carl dug his heels in and said, you know what, you can get mad if you want to, but we're not going to play these petty church games anymore. We're going to do what is right, and so they, they left. Can I tell you something? I'm just talking to you right now from my heart. Can you tell that? I'm just talking to you. Best thing that ever happened to Kavanaugh Church. 
honestly. Because that day, the DNA of this church was changed. And God started blessing the church. In 1975, they bought the four acres that are here at 28th and Grinnell. In the following year, 1976, they went to the bank and borrowed $235,000 to build our first building, which is now our Family Life Center. You talk about an impossible task for them. It was. But God told them to do it, and they had enough faith to believe, we can do it. And so they did it. Just a few years later, in 1983, they needed to grow some more and needed a new building. So what did we build, Austin? We built the daycare building. And Brother Austin Rowe, you've heard me tell this story before. He worked at ABF at night. During the day, he was at Cavanaugh Church overseeing the building of this building. How he did it, I don't know. But thank you, Austin, for doing it. Thank you for doing it. Austin, I looked it up. I think the church went to the bank, back to the bank and borrowed another $186,000 to build that second building, added to the $235,000 that they had already borrowed. Here's the problem in 1983. It's, it's in our minutes. I, I read it just this past week. Interest rate. They made a note of it. The interest rate, 13%. Whoa. Whoa. Here's a church running less than 200 people. They are now owing about $400,000 at 13% interest. But did that giant stop them? No. Because they said, we can certainly do it. And they stepped out in faith and they did it. Ten years later, 1993, they broke ground for the building that we're in right now. They borrowed a million dollars to build this building They stepped out in faith and said, we can do it. They did it. I came in 1997. One of the first things we did was build our educational and office space. The next picture shows the groundbreaking of that day. Yeah, it's a pretty funny picture. You know what it was? It was Roundup Day. And uh, Miss Frida Allman made me that Roundup Day suit. Uh, It was, uh, it's cowhide cloth. And I proudly wore that. You know what? Uh, there, was, there was somebody that got mad at me for wearing that. They thought it was inappropriate dress for church. I said, I don't care if you get mad or not. Miss Frieda made this for me. And I'm going to wear it. Those people don't come to our church anymore for some reason. I... Boy, I'm sharing everything with you today, aren't I? In 2011, this church voted to, to do those two things. We were going to buy land and we were going to build a new worship center and a we worship center. And, and you know what? We're going to. Up till this point, we have built six buildings. A total of six buildings. Church, you can't stop at six. That is an incomplete number. In the Bible, six is an evil number. Let's make it seven. And so the years, God has blessed us because people have said, we can do it. But you know what? It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. The real blessings are not in brick and mortar and concrete and buildings. No, the real blessings are in changed lives. And thousands of people have been affected by the ministry of Kavanaugh Church in 58 years. I think of all the little children who have been saved here. Teenagers who have been called into ministry from this church. Young adults who have been married here. Adults who have lived their lives here. You know what? Kavanaugh is our church for life. God has truly blessed us. 
Yet the Lord has so much more for us to do. So do we continue to work and to labor and to serve like those who went before us? Or are we going to come to that point where we step back and retreat into the wilderness of mediocrity? Thank you, buddy. It is our turn. I I go back to the children of Israel, Numbers chapter 13. The decision they had to make that day was a scary decision. It meant that they were going to have to cross that line, that trust line. And they were literally going to have to trust their lives to God. They were going to have to live by faith. And for many of them, listen to this, for many of them, the fear of the future far outweighed the fruit of the future. And they had even seen that fruit. Those massive grapes that had been carried back. Ten of the twelve spies said, Nevertheless, we can't do it. You see, they saw the impossible, and then they said the impossible. Church, the the first report of any great endeavor for God is always this. It's always this. There are giants in the land. And and I would have to agree with you. There are giants in the land. And, And we need to understand today, March the 15th, 2020, that mere statistics are almost always against advance. Every advance is in the face of facts of why it cannot be done. It was that way then, and it's still that way today. Not only for the Israelites, it's been that way for Kavanaugh Church. I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I can't believe, I can't fathom trying to go out and start a brand new church today without the backing of the National Association paying my salary. Or without at least the state mission board sending me out. I mean, it's unheard of. People, people don't do that today. Thank God Brother Shipley did it. Or we wouldn't even be here. I, you know, I'm trying to put myself back in, in those days, 19, 1963, 1971, 1975, 1983. 1993, and borrowing those large sums of money at such an elevated interest rate. But let me tell you what, there were plenty of people, I'm sure, who would have sat back and said, now, are you sure this is the prudent thing to do? I mean, maybe we need to wait until the interest rates go down. Maybe we need to wait until we have more people that, you know, that that it balances out, that we can make sure we can make that payment. I I know they face that. What about right now today? I, I know what's going on in some of your minds because I've had the same thought this past week. What a horrible time to kick off a capital campaign. Right in the midst of a worldwide Pandemic, right in the midst of a worldwide virus that could kill millions of people, whose whose financial security right now is up in the air. I mean, you you tell me, what is going to happen to you and your family if if you you can't go to work? How, How long can you live without a paycheck? Those are uncomfortable thoughts, aren't they? And I'm sure some of you are thinking, I know what he's about to do. He's about to ask us to commit to this campaign. And over a three-year time period, make a commitment that we're going to give X amount of money to this guy. Yes, I am going to ask you to do that. Is it a good time to be asking you to do that? 
Well, from a worldly perspective, maybe not. But let me tell you, even back on March the 15th, 1963, God knew this was going to happen. And he hasn't stopped us yet. And I, I, let me tell you, I'm just being gut-wrenching honest with you. I've really searched my soul this week. And I prayed, God, is it really our turn? God, do you really want us to do this? Is this really the right time to do this? And every time, God has definitely and emphatically spoken back to me and said, Yes! Yes! In fact, in fact, let me tell you what he's really said to me. You've been piddling around long enough. Pull the trigger. I'll take care of it. All 12 saw the same thing. Only two followed God. You know what that tells me? It was not their eyesight. It was their insight. Wow. Caleb said it in Numbers 13.30. We should go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. But he was in the minority. The rest of the people wanted to stone Joshua, Caleb, Moses, and Aaron. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They said, no, we can't. And you know what God did to them? There is a price to pay when you don't step out in faith and do what God tells you to do. When you back up and say, no, it's not our turn. No, I'm not going to step out in faith. No, we can't do it. You're telling God no. You know what happened to them? They wandered in the wilderness one year for every day they checked out the promised land. Forty years they wandered in the wilderness. Not a single one of those fighting men of that generation was able to go into the promised land because they said no. Can I come back to the church? God, God help us. God help Kavanaugh Church never ever to come to that point where we say to God, no, we're not going to do that. Because when we come to that point, you might as well just shut the doors. Because sooner or later, we're going to die. It's going to be a long, slow, painful death. God always give us men and women of faith and obedience and trust who in the face of impossible situations say with faith, we can certainly do it because it's our turn. It's our turn. And I, I don't know what's going to happen this next week in Fort Smith. I don't, I don't know if they're going to shut things down. I, I read this morning that the governor of North Carolina made it a misdemeanor for any gathering over 100 people to take place. You know what that's done to all the churches in North Carolina? Just about all of them. Shut them down. I don't know if we're going to be living in that day this next Sunday. I don't know. You know, I mean, we're going to do what's safe for you. Understand that. We're going to, your safety is of preeminence here. So I don't know what it's going to look like. We may have to pause this campaign. We may have to extend this campaign. As far as I am right now, we're going next Sunday. We're going to be here. Church is going to be open unless something happens. And over the next three weeks, I'm going to be asking you to be praying diligently about what God would have you to do in this campaign. In fact, in your bulletin this morning, you got one of these 21 days of prayer. 
It's daily devotions you are to have with your family beginning today on day one, week one. Read the passage. Read the segment. Pray with your family. Lord, what do you want me to do for it's our turn to be a successful campaign? Here's what I need to tell you. This is going to be expensive. We're talking $5 million. $5 million. I really don't, comparatively, 1976, 235, comparatively, 1993, 1 million. It's, it's not that far out there. And when you say 5 million real fast, it's just 5 million real fast. It's going to be 5 million bucks. Here, here's the good news. We've got the money. Good news is we got the money. Good news is we got the money. Bad news, it's still in your pocket. (laughs) I can't tell you what to give. Nobody can tell you what to give, but God can tell you what to give. And so I'm asking you to go on this spiritual journey with us and and, and that you just do what God tells you to do. April the 5th, we're going to have a commitment Sunday. The next Sunday is Easter, where we have our first fruits offering. Uh, during, during that last week of the campaign, this next week, let me get ahead of myself, this next week you're going to receive a, a kit in the mail with all of our campaign material. The video you just saw, our brochure, everything is involved in that kit. There's also going to be a prayer guide in that kit Not just this one, but another one that you are to do the week before April the 5th with your family. And to sit down with your kids and your teenagers and as a family decide what kind of commitment can we make over the next three years. This next Sunday, planning on having church, this next Sunday, we want you to come at 1030 and then stay a few minutes late. And travel over to the Family Life Center. We're going to have it set up with with donuts and with cookies and with coffee and and with Cokes. And there's going to be a lot of information about the new building. If you have a question about this new building, we're going to answer it next Sunday at 1145 in the gym. So bring your questions. We want everyone to be informed as to what's going to happen. And this is going to be a successful campaign. We are going to build this building. What? It's our turn to do it, man. So here's what we're going to do right now. Several things, so listen up. I'm about to call the whole church down to the front, to the altar, and we're going to pray for It's Our Turn campaign. And then I want you to pick up one of these wristbands. I've got mine on already, all right? Mine's right here. They're in adult, extra large, and adult large. Every batch is the same. It's got uh, our theme, it's our turn with our logo, and then it's got Numbers 1330, our key verse, where Caleb said we can certainly do it. How many of y'all have been in the military? Y'all know military time? You know what 1330 is military time? 130. So this is a reminder, at 130 every day, we want you to look at your bracelet, remember it's our turn, and collectively all of us are going to be praying at 130 every day. Isn't that great? So we're about to come down here. We're going to pray for our campaign. I want you to pick up one of these wristbands, and then we're going to be dismissed. 
We're going to walk right out the doors. Our ushers are going to be at the door with an offering plate. So you don't have to touch it this morning. You can just drop your offering in, all right? And it's going to get you outside quicker. If you've got little kids and we worship or in Brother Johnny's kids' church, go through, pick up your kids, and join us. Let me do my pose. Right out there where we're going to build this new building. It's already chalked off. There's white paint showing you the dimensions of the new building, all right? We're going to be set up out there. We're going to break ground. Amen? It's going to be cool. We've already done it once. We're going to do it again. So I want you to gather between those two columns of balloons, just everybody gather as close as you can because we're going to take some cool pictures just like that one so that in 58 years from now, some, some preacher that's not even born right now is going to stand in that new building over there And he's going to challenge the then Kavanaugh Church to follow the heroes of faith. Those who on March the 15th, 2020, stepped across the line and did something for God. All right? For those of you who are watching live stream, uh, as soon as this prayer is over with, that live stream is going to end. But I want you to open Facebook because on Facebook, we're going to have a live stream of the groundbreaking event. Pretty cool, huh? So all of you participate. Now, it's going to take a little bit for everybody to get down here, but you know what? Balcony people, man, our balcony's full up there. Y'all come on down. Everybody in the balcony, just get up and come on down. Those of you in your pews, y'all can come on down. We want everyone together. Just get as close to the stage as you can for this prayer, and then linger around as quickly as you can to pick up one of the wristbands. Everyone needs one of those. After we pray, we'll walk out the doors, give our offering to the usher there, and then go out for groundbreaking, okay? Are we good? Amen. Isn't it a great thing? Amen? Man, I feel the presence of God in this room. God is going to bless this campaign. God is going to bless this building. And right now, let's dedicate our church, this new building, and all that we have to the Lord. You who are already here, start praying. We got balcony people still coming, okay? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I love you so much, and I thank you for this great day. Lord, thank you for Jesus, our wonderful Savior, who has graced us with with love and forgiveness and mercy. I thank you, dear Jesus, for the cross where you shed your life's blood so that we could have life everlasting. I thank you, dear Lord, for this church. Dear God, thank you for the pioneers who have gone before us, those men and women who, who gave of themselves and of their substance so that we could enjoy Kavanaugh today. Dear Lord, help us not to be selfish. Help us not to take that for granted. Help us to learn from them and follow in their footsteps and help us to be people of faith. Dear Lord, it's our turn. 
It's our turn to step up to the plate. It's our turn to take the bat. It's our turn to swing. It's our turn to hit a home run. And I pray, dear Lord, that we would do everything within our power to make sure Kavanaugh Church is a great church in the kingdom of God. Dear Lord, we're, we're building this building for your praise, honor, and glory so that people can be saved. The River Valley can be turned around for the good news of the glory of God and Jesus Christ. We're building this building so that the Free Will Baptist denomination can grow and, and globally we can reach more people. Dear Lord, so bless us. Bless us as, as we commit this time to you. Speak to each individual, to each family. Show us distinctly, dear Lord, what we are to commit and what we are to give during this It's Our Turn campaign. I pray, dear Lord, that the, the building itself would be a, a grand success, that uh, we would not only use that new building, but, but the current building for the growth of the kingdom of God. Lord, I'm so thankful for these people, for our little kids, for our teenagers, for our adults. Thank you for their life. Thank you for their faith. Bless them, dear Lord, as they step out and trust you today. Bless the groundbreaking. Give us a great day. Bless our world. May healing come. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Make sure you get a wristband. Ushers, please get to the doors. You give your tithe as you're walking out. Go to where the balloons are. We're about to have fun.